Welcome to Sinner's Take, another Catholic Guys podcast of which we are the worst. I am Eddie. I'm Bobby. And I'm Corey. And today we are going to talk about why you need to step out to grow up. Okay, so my first question about this is, what are you talking about? Yeah, what are you talking <laughs> about, sir? So I've been reading this book called Leaving Boyhood Behind by Jason Craig, who works with, I think the website is Those Catholic Men. He's part of like the, the guys who created Exodus 90, that program that P90 Exodus men everywhere love and hate. He is all about masculine formation. And I think it just ben- it benefits men and women when you look at, if we're trying to make men better, what are some of the aspects we have lost as a culture? I'm not, I haven't finished the book yet, but I'm in this really intriguing chapter about like the initiation of men and how we need to be taken out of what's comfortable and what's known and be put into the wild, so to speak. And you can see this from other cultures through history and time, like the, the, the Spartans, you see at different places in, in Native Americans. This whole like you will leave the comfort of your warm family and go into the the wild and you may need to perform a physical act or kill a beast or finish minecraft or i don't know what and then you return and it's usually in the company of older men because they're the ones forming you and pushing you and then you return to your home as a man you've achieved whatever so i just kind of wanted to riff on that like how is how do we have that anymore in the modern west and how what's the effect it's had on us as a culture like men but i think by default men and women are now affected by this just where we're at right now and we don't have these initiations so to speak anymore by like widespread um yeah yeah i think that it is definitely prevalent i remember hearing one particular rendition of this was one of the native american tribes or something where the guy would be dropped in the wilderness blindfolded and he couldn't take his blindfold off for like it was like 24 or 48 hours or something. So like and they would they would like intentionally make like noises around him and things like that to try and like scare him and if he took his blindfold off, he would be whatever rejected or something. But then eventually after the, the time was actually when he would take his blindfold off, he would find that the whole like all the other men were were there the whole time around him and he was just unaware of their presence, but that's not really relevant. Alec, you can cut that out, but no, I like it. Keep it, Alec. Don't listen to it. Keep <laughs> no, it. Alec, you cut it out. <laughs> because uh, because with that, you also have the support is still there. Like, we're going to allow you to fail, but not so abysmally you can't come back. Like there, again, there, there's unhealthy ways of initiation, and then there are life-giving ways I think we need to reclaim or create new models of. I think there, that's, that's a, necess- a necessary component of any story or any growth of a person. If you look at really any, especially when there's involved a mentor and a mentee, I think Alex is going to be upset that we're talking about this because I know it's a, qu- a topic very close to his heart about that that relationship and how it's, it's such a valuable relationship. But there always comes a point in every story where the mentor leaves. This is Obi-Wan or Yoda leaving Luke. You know, this is Gandalf leaving Frodo. This is whatever it is. And every single time the person feels unready or as unready a word, um, not ready. And they're they're thrown out into the wilderness on their own and to sink or swim. And it's in that process of struggling with that that where the actual like final steps are made because you can't just coddle somebody forever because you would would be hindering them from becoming who they are. 
so we see it all over the place in all story that sooner or later somebody has to leave or be sent somewhere with a mission in order to find who they actually are, what their strength is, what their weaknesses are, things like that. The closest thing I can think of to what we have here, just kind of in the modern sense of what we're talking about, is like uh, being sent off to college. And I'm just going to speak because I was a guy who stayed home for college, lived with my father while I was going to college. And I remember my brother went away to college and watching him come back semester after semester in the way he grew up and he learned how to cook on his own. He learned how to balance his checkbook. He came home and there was a mutual respect that my father had for him that he didn't have for me. And I remember being in an argument with my father one time and calling my brother and being like, I don't understand why dad talks to me a certain way and he doesn't talk to you that way. And my brother said, move out, like move out and do it on your own. And your and dad, you will respect dad in a way that you don't respect him now because he's trying to teach you things. And it just seems like he's griping on you. And now having moved out and been, been moved out in the last 60 days, we were just talking about this last night, me and my brother, and my dad, like every little thing I'm doing around the house, I can hear my dad's voice. And I'm like, I get it now. I know why he told me this. And my relationship with my father is better than it's ever been. And it just took me leaving the nest. And the advice that I will give people is there's no right time to move out. I was the one who found every excuse in the book. Like I'm going to wait till I have X amount of money in the bank. I'm going to wait till I meet my future wife. I'm going to wait till I have this job. Like if you just leave the nest and if college is the opportunity to get you out in a safe space, leave because that's the test. And you still have the comfort of mom and dad being there coming home for break and saying, Hey, I need help or here, this is how it's going. And uh, I can say like, that's kind of just leaving the nest and being like Abraham, just get out of the comfort zone and go. Um, that's the modern test that I can, that I can like attest to, like providing for yourself without having to call mom and dad every 10 minutes for help is, is kind of what I can think of at this moment. I think college is, is kind of a double-edged sword of like, it can be very deforming and infantile as mm -hmm. well as I think the practical, you hope the practical sides of like, figuring out your finances on your own that are hopefully starting to happen and your cleanliness and your, you know, those kind of practical lessons. I think for some people it's the military. I know I went away for college because I definitely, I got into a college that was two hours away as well as one that was in my hometown, but I wanted to go away because I feel like I had to do the, the hero's journey. Like there had to be like, I have to go out. Mm. Otherwise I'm not going to grow to the extent I, I need to. But even that, I didn't, it wasn't all the way, I'd say. Again, some of that was more deforming than forming. And seminary was, was a whole nother stepping out into the unknown and having mentors and having my butt kicked up and down spiritually. Like, that's where I had a profound sense of growth. But even then, like, I feel like so many men in particular, it's the question of, am I a man? I'm, I'm 30, I'm 40, I'm whatever, but I don't feel like a man. I haven't been through this initiation. I've just kind of put on grown up clothes and have to start going to work and do this thing. And so I think it's, it's a normal and healthy question that we ask ourselves. And I think the devil screws with us in that way of like, you're not a real man because of X, Y, Z, because you can't chop down a tree because you can't, you've never, you know, been on an adventure. You never like whatever. Like, I think we're called to adventure. And if we don't have that, if we don't have that sense of initiation, we think we always wonder, have I made it? And then that handicaps your ability to be generous and have authority in the world and your spiritual life, et cetera. Like this could be a three hour conversation. Um, <laughs> I just, the topic has, has been in my head and I wanted to, to yeah, wrap with you guys about it. 
Yeah, because I, I don't, and I don't want to, because there is also an element of practicality in living at home, especially yeah. for those of us who live in California. Yeah, for, those, uh, for this generation, with it's economically, it's yeah, it's a bad hand. Yeah, it's it, all it, been dealt. And it's it's tough, but I and I do think that there is other ways to go about finding that finding that journey. College seems to be the easiest, definitely the easiest case. Uh, but again, you got to be careful because what Bobby was talking about with how deforming it can be if you go to the wrong place with without the right moral compass or whatever it is, or even sometimes a good moral compass can can be can be undone in a year. What has been taken eighteen to grow, but. And not to, not, I don't want to pass by it because I think, uh, I think it's important too. Is even for the the mentor in the mentor relationship, it's important for them to let go. Mm. Um, and I, I know this isn't 100 percent the point of this this conversation, but I do want to touch on it before we brush past it because I think a lot of parents or friends or people who have people who look up to them or coaches, they have a really hard time of eventually one day letting themselves go because we like to be needed, and we like to to help and to serve, and so. Uh, this is where you get the helicopter parents. This is where you get the, the whatever it might be. And a good parent doesn't let their kid not suffer at times. Right? A good parent lets the kid struggle with his sport and realize in, that when, instead of trying to complain to the coach about playing time, the good parent, I think, says, hey, you, it's your job to prove the coach that you are. Better. And there's obviously circumstances where that's not true. There can be maltreatment and things like that. Or the teacher, right? Uh, oftentimes, I know even in working for this is my fourth year working at a high school, it's tough to let go of the kids who you've been forming for s- several years, where you're just like they're not ready, or you know, there's no way that they're going to make it on their own, and the the need to let them go to push them onto it because eventually you are just cradling them in the point where you are not doing your job, you are failing them as a mentor mm-hmm. if you fail to provide them with the opportunity to do these things on their own, to fail to. Um, and succeed. Yes to all that. But in regards to what you were saying, that you know, what what determines the quality of a man, what determines what we all want, like you said, we have that desire, yeah, that yeah. craving for that hero's journey. And it's difficult for us to ignore that. <laughs> it's, it's ironic because our, in our previous episode, we just talked about Frozen 2, and me and Alec and Cody about how we did not really care for it. But there is the you know this is what Cody's main thing and now Cody's gonna be upset that he's not on for this one because he's very this is a topic very passionate we'll close to, to his we'll hand. return to this theme yeah is that that call I think you even Bobby even used the the term uh, the call into the unknown and the that a, thing, that a song? that's the song oh. in Frozen Two darn it uh, that's like the main song is uh, into the unknown and Cody was showing how he really likes that that desire right that we there is something about discipleship about manhood about the relationship with god where you are called out of yourself and into something else granted we talk about later on how the movie ruins that sentiment by something that happens at the end but it's that desire that we feel within us that stirs in us that inflames in us a desire to achieve to grow that we all feel and if we don't feel like it's being met like bobby had said it does turn to resentment. It does turn to negativity, and it hinders your ability to to love, or just feeling again like you, you never enter into that authority as a as a man, as a as a woman too. But like, I think that's the appeal of video games in our day and age. Like, I grew up on on Mario and and Duck Hunt and Golden Eye and the whole progression of it, and recently had to play Fortnite for the first time for nice. evangelization purposes. Of course, of course, with uh, the brother of Ninja. 
who's this like really really good and well known. He's probably the most player. famous person in the world right now. Like honestly, you may you may have heard of him. I, I played <laughs> with his brother. I was slaughtered. Um, <laughs> but you know, was interacting with all these people I never would have interacted with otherwise. And um, you know, even the PlayStation's motto of like greatness awaits. It's like greatness yeah. awaits in a video game, and not to demonize it. I think again, it it's provides good fellowship, provides good um, entertainment. I think there's always prudence. If one hour becomes nine hours, you've overdone it. You can go outside, do something with your hands. If you ever are playing video games and you stop and think, "Wait a second, I'm really hungry. I feel like I haven't eaten in a long time." Where did the sun go? <laughs> you've um, gone too far. That again, it, it manifests itself in other ways. You cannot crush the whole adventure. You cannot crush the desire to go out that we are made for, for greatness, that God's calling us to that. It's going to manifest itself in other ways. And if we don't answer that question, it's going to bubble up. It's going to pervade us into our, our later adulthood, where, again, maybe I'm dressed up like a man, but I haven't entered into it yet. And a part, part of that, again, is, is the stepping out on your own. And, and, Corey, you're about to be married in, like, a day and a half. And I was thinking about the scripture earlier of, the man must leave his his mother and father and cling to his bride and that that's spoken in reference to Christ in the church the the son descending to be with humanity and wed us to God in that that way but in that model we also have to leave the comfort of home and step out into this new adventure and that absolutely also is connected to marriage absolutely i um i have a friend who's 33 he's a couple years older than me and he still lives at home and he was fishing one day and a man came up to him and noticed that you know uh, he was kind of in a depressed state and uh, asked him if he'd answered the three m's yet uh, the man said to him have you answered the three m's yet in your life and if you answer these three m's you'll be on the right path to like we're talking about growing up and feeling more like you have a purpose here and my friend said i have no idea what you're talking about and the man said the three m's that every human being will answer in their lifetime is who's my maker what is my meaning and who is my mate or whatever your, your vocation may be. Maybe it is your vocation is to be married to the church, but it still falls under that category. And my friend had realized that at 30 years old, he hadn't even began to ask the first question. I learned that lesson, thankfully, because I'm four or five years younger than him, four or five years ago, and began my quest for those three M's. The point is, is I believe it begins there. Once you come to a relationship with Christ, the next step is what is my meaning? And once you start to figure out what your meaning, your vocation is, it's time to find somebody that will meet you at that place. It's hard for me to talk about this, but it's a reality that happened. I have two uncles, my mom's brothers. One is 51 years old and one um, unfortunately passed away at the age of 35 years old. But they, until the day my grandmother died, they were living at home with my grandmother. And it was because they never even began to ask the first question, who, who was their maker? Therefore, they never got to what their meaning was, and they never were drawn out of their comfort to go find that person to journey with, like you were talking about. In one and a half days from now, I'll be getting married to a woman that I feel we share a common vision of what God in Christ has called us to do. And therefore, I realize it's time to say, I love you, mom, I love you, dad, I love you, brother, but I have this partner that I'm going to journey with on now for the second half of the mission. The first half of the mission of what God wanted me to do was here, and now we're going out there. And it begins, I, and I teach this to the seniors all the time where we teach at. Uh, first day of class is I'm hoping to help you answer number one, who's your maker, and number two, and get you on the journey for number two, 
what your meaning is. So when you go to college, you can perfect that and graduate and work on the third M. It's, it's an all boys school, so we cannot help you with the third M. <laughs> yeah. yeah, with yeah, exactly. You're on your own. But the point is, is exactly what you said. There's a progression there from your relationship to Christ to what you've been called to, then finding somebody to journey with. And part of that coming and growing of age uh, story is finding that person you want to journey with. And I, and I want to talk about just, cause that's beautiful, right? I mean, that's actually, it's funny. Bobby and I are, are re- doing the first and second reading at, uh, Corey's wedding on Saturday, which I mean, at the time of this being posted will have already happened. So uh, congratulations to you. Thank you. Podcast is outside of time. So From the in, past. A, in a sense, you are already married. <laughs> time heist. <laughs> <laughs> and it's, it's, it's difficult when you feel like that desire is not being met. You know, I'm in a very strange place with my discernment. You know, I have a lot of student loan debt, so I couldn't even begin to enter into seminary. I'm not in a relationship despite my best efforts <laughs> and um, we love you. It's, and it's one of those things where it's uh, a lot of times that I have to feel kind of uh, call back to the, what we had said earlier, where it can turn to resentment, where we get so restless in that uh, call and we get so restless in wanting to do something right. Where like, I remember when I, I dabble in writing poems, oftentimes in, in the form of a prayer and like relating it to when I was a kid and like when you're waiting for like the recess bell to go. And so you're just sitting there watching the clock. And as soon as the bell rings, then I'll do something. And a lot of that being my relationship with God, like as soon as you give word to what it is that you want me to do, then I'm like, I'm all in. But I think that that is a very flawed mindset. I think that is the the, the mindset of, that the accuser wants to give to us is that, you know, you are not valuable until you have you until you're into that final stage of your vocation, which I mean, you could, who knows what's going to happen in your life. Right. But until you have entered seminary, until you are in a relationship, until you are married, until you have kids, until you have a job that you you like. I mean, like I luckily I'm lucky enough to have a job that I very much so enjoy. Uh, and I know that some people are in my situation vocation wise and have a job that they don't like and don't have a lot of friends. And mm-hmm. like they left college and their community is not good anymore. So I resonate with with you guys as well. But your value is not found in that. And you're to your extent that you are able to step out into the discomfort is not measured by the amount that like what your external output is in that in that regard i think that there is tremendous value in stepping out of your comfort zone in just your relationship with god i know the one of my favorite quotes i say this all the time right i think every single episode one of my favorite quotes but this one's actually in the top five maybe even in the top three is john paul ii a life with christ is a wonderful adventure as cheesy as that is sometimes when we think about it and as frustrating as it is sometimes when we think about it. Yeah, and I think I may have even used this quote in a previous episode. God is calling you onto something so special, so unique that if you go all in for that and you go, go all into diving into intima- intimacy with him and contemplating him and growing in virtue and then bringing that to everyone else around you, there's your, there's your manhood. There's your stepping out of your, your comfort zone because a lot of, in a lot of ways, right? If you are uncomfortable at work, if you are uncomfortable in your where you are uh, romantically and vocationally, that is discomforting, and you can find great value in that. So I encourage you to take that to prayer and to really just just sell out for the for the kingdom. Like go all go all in for it. Understand that your life has value. Understand that you personally are not defined by what whether you what do you have or what you don't have. Right? Everyone else's relationship is specifically designed for them and so is yours and god has uniquely designed his this 
hero's journey for you personally and things go awry and things and you make a mess of it yourself and other people make a mess of it but he's there in the messiness and he wants you to live an adventurous and full life absolutely i just like that two quick things that going off the jp2 quote i remember when i was in a philosophy intro to philosophy class the, the very first day when i was in my undergrad the professor said life is a journey towards ultimate truth in which we know is God. And like that just rocked me like, oh my gosh, I haven't realized, but I'm in this journey and didn't even know I was in this journey. And like you said, like it's not about anything else other than that journey towards God and towards Christ and your relationship with him. And you're not, your value is not defined by the other things. And the other story that I want to share is my fiance, when she was in college, she was working as a server. And after she graduated, she was really struggling to get a job for the last six months, I would say. And she finally gets this job. Like, and she's like, this is the job that I want. But it had some stipulations with it that she was very nervous about and very scared about and didn't know what to do. And I just kept reminding her of Abraham, like you're being called out of your comfort zone. But you're, this is, you believe in your heart. This is your vocation. This is where God's calling you for. We had been praying together for months and now you're getting called out of the comfort zone and you're worried about leaving the comfort zone. Like, just know that if you believe deep in your heart that you've been praying for it and Christ is calling you out of it, go. Be like Abraham. Go on faith and God will bless you in the end. And there is no wasted time with God, right? We may think of it as a waste. We may think of like the times where you are working a, a, a retail job that you hate or a job at a restaurant that you hate or you just got dumped or, you know, you thought somebody was the the one for you and they ended up being somebody that they did not portray themselves to be. That time is not wasted with God. That is only going to add value. Uh, the times in prayer where you're sitting there frustrated with him is not wasted with him. The time in prayer where you feel like, God, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't think that you're going to use me at all. Like these are all precious moments to him. Uh, you know, I love I, Alex, one of his favorite movies, and I'm a big fan, the Inside Out movie, right? Where they have those core memories where that, that define who you are. Like it's almost like God has those, every single moment with you is that they're not wasted. He holds every moment that you have offered to him, that you have tried to live as an adventurous life with him as precious and as key and as valuable. So, well, you may not be able to drop everything and go, you know, on an epic adventure and you're not on the cusp of bringing the ring to Mordor or yeah, what the heck traveling yeah. off to a distant country or college. I'm, just, or I'm waiting for an orc to show up on my front door so I can just kill it. Fool of a took. No, it's, it's a, <laughs> It ain't about how fast you get there. ain't about what's waiting on the other side. <laughs> it's the climb, as Miley Cyrus said, the prophet. The pro- <laughs> no, from age 19 to age like 27, I was, I was in this state of wondering, God, I'm all in. What do you want of me? Is it the priesthood? Is it marriage? Is it? And um, I missed a lot of moments because I was so struggling with that question. God had me step out in various ways along the way. But I can look back at, at that, those stretching moments and those feelings, those moments where I felt like I wasn't going anywhere. I was just kind of waiting for the next chapter to start, for the, the bell to ring. And I can, I can look back and say it was very formative years, and I spent a lot of it impatiently waiting for the adventure, not realizing I was there the whole time. Deep thoughts. I wish there was a way to know you were, in, you were in the, the good old days before you actually left them. Someone should write a song about that. I just wanted to add to what you were saying. Like, I agree 100%. Every time I've ever looked back and said, like, w- remember the times when I was saying, why, Lord, am I here? I feel like I'm in quicksand. I feel like the more I'm fighting this, the deeper I'm being buried. And then five years later, I look back and go, 
that was one of the greatest formative times of my life that God was forming me exactly like you're talking about. And Bobby and I, we've had this talk about you and um, the different vocations you thought you were being called for. And then you finally get to where you're at now and look back and go, I could not be here if I didn't have those formative years. So if you're asking yourself why you're where you're at, just know that God is working with you in that moment and it'll be revealed to you in time to come. I always find it funny. Like I think, I think of both of you guys, you guys have like these lives that I like, don't know about or I mean I, you've told what only what you've told me about like me like you guys both basically met me after I right after I graduated college Corey was the year after I graduated and Bobby was like the summer after I graduated right, right. and I've been working with him ever since so like my entire like post-graduation formation like they've both been a part of but like I always forget that like Bobby you like straight up fought fires for like three years or however long it was and you were an English major and then you were a seminarian dropout and like Corey you have your whole your whole past story and mm -hmm. everything and it's just like I always forget that but you guys share with like your past experiences and I'm like well my past experience you were there for so <laughs> <laughs> I was there the whole time, yeah. drag, dragging you in the sand. <laughs> in those moments, Bobby, you carried me. <laughs> Kicking and screaming. I want to end kind of back where we began, but looking at Jesus's so-called rite of initiation, which I think you could point to like his trial in the desert. But when we're talking again about like youth and how do I know I'm a man? So this is from this Leaving Boyhood Behind book by Jason Craig, page 44 and 45. He's talking Not about- Not sponsored. Not sponsored at all. Very few. I'm sponsored by very little. I just like to share <laughs> the stuff that's, that's resonated with me. Hope, hopefully it hits you. But Jesus went through his own stage of a rite of passage. And we can look at this in the Gospel of Luke of how the boy Jesus in the temple shows that he had to transition from boyhood to his mission and um, his manliness. Um, the, the temple event occurs when he's about 12, which is the traditional age of initiation, kind of like in cultures around the world, like. 12, 13 is when usually like puberty, puberty's hitting and voices are going everywhere and cultures would separate them out to be formed as men. So his family's on a pilgrimage to Jerusalem. At some point he's separated from the trip and, and you know, he's like, man, what awful parents would lose the son of God. And you think like, man, Jesus, you're kind of a brat. If you like went away, you didn't tell him <laughs> and everything. And he, it's not a sinful rebelling, rebelling against Mary and Joseph. He's, he's, his actions are saying something is different now. He has a mission outside of them and uh, their direct care. It's a rite of passage, as, as Huber, as you said earlier, of like for the parents and mentors as well of separation, of like we have to let go now too as the child has to accept that and walk start walking themselves. Three days he's gone, which three is like um, – not without meaning, obviously. It's a period of death in the case of Jonah and then foreshadowing Christ's death himself. It's also a number of completeness and perfection. You see the end of something and also the beginning to perfection of something. Uh, what, was, what was ending was the infancy and childhood of Jesus and now the beginning of his mission as a man. And he, all, Luke also has the same language for John the Baptist in the infancy narrative when he says, and the child John grew and became strong in spirit. That's Luke 1, 80. And then again with Jesus. And the child Jesus grew and became strong, filled with wisdom, and the favor of God was upon him, Luke 2, uh, verse 40. So God himself has, he understands the, the separation that has to happen for us to grow up that's often scary, often uncomfortable, often unknown, but that we all have to enter into to be formed and to be where God needs us to be.
And I would just call back to what I was saying earlier about how that God takes his time with this stuff, mm. right? Because I think, you know, it's crazy. He was 12. That's 21 years before his public ministry began. Right. Yeah. Right. Uh, or you think of like, how long was it after David got anointed by uh, the prophet and before he actually became king? It was like 15 years or something, wasn't it? It was he was anointed when he was 16 and he became king when he was like 30 something. Right. Mm. Something like that, because Saul was king at the time. And that's a long time. Right. Where and that's what I'm saying, where you have been called out and chosen but God is going to take his time with you and it could it could be a while before like you really feel like your real purpose comes forward but to be open to the will of God to be open to patience to be open to all of this is good and important and valuable you touched on exactly what I wanted to say we could only imagine the panic that Mary and Joseph were feeling, and they're operating like three days. We don't know what has happened to our son, where he's at as they're journeying back, and they're looking at it from this very real time period, and then they get to Jesus and his response, didn't you know I had to be in my father's house, um, looking at it not in the kind of panic and chronological time that his mother and father are so don't, like Eddie was saying, when God is working with you, it's on your time with him. Don't let outside pressures, don't let friends and don't let family members say, but you're X amount old. You should have achieved X at, by this age. Um, that's coming from outside. Christ was doing what he felt his father had him do in the moment, and you do what you feel the father is calling you in the moment and do not fall to the pressures of society and friends around you and family members around you that are pushing you to hit these goals at an unrealistic chronological time. One more note that I have about this whole thing is there also is a difference, though, as regards to this of like being lazy. And I don't I'm like, oh, like I'm just waiting for God to tell me what to do. Like there is a way to be active in your passiveness with this, I think, too. God is calling us to be actively seeking him in everything we do. We are never supposed to be in a state of like just passive waiting. Absolutely. I think there's maybe more of an active waiting where you're like taking it to prayer constantly. And like and God is continually saying, like, not yet. Or I, I need you to grow in these virtues first, or I need you to serve these people around you first. That there's a big difference to me than I think, because I do think, because of the fear, because of the anxiety of it, because of what the devil speaks unto our hearts, we get beaten down in it, and we oftentimes like to just sit with our like, well, I'm, I'm just waiting, like, or I'm, oh, I don't have a purpose in life, or whatever it is. So I think that's important as well to, to note. Yeah, grace builds on nature, and the nature needs to be moving in action. So. What can you do today? Who can you serve? Who can you listen to? Who can you be attentive to? If you feel like you're in a state of like in between things or again, at a job you don't really like or there are little things you can do in the here and now that even if there's not a big life changing thing on the, the cusp of happening, you don't know that, by the way. Uh, you don't know the time or the hour. So by the time this airs, Eddie may have found his, his mate. So... <laughs> Uh, in the words of uh, one of the teachers at the school that we work at, he says, God loves you, so buy a helmet. Because yeah, hold on, hold on for the ride. Yeah, because he's going to knock you down a couple times. So. Cla yeah, clarity follows action. So get moving, and God will redirect you, will bless you. And I'd say last, lastly, like walk in authority. Last, last thought. Last, last, last thought. Though. Walk in authority. Walk in the authority of, of knowing you are the fact that you, that you exist, you are good, you are beloved. Look at whatever lies are going on in your heart of like, I'm not a man yet. I don't feel like a man because of, and name it, like really kind of pray, like, why am I wrestling with these lies or these factors or these things that are making me uncomfortable? I don't feel like I'm living up to who I am as a woman because of dot, dot, dot. 
and then allow God to have the final word there. Allow Bobby to have the final word there. Final, final word. <laughs> well, that's the sinner's take. <laughs>